Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Thirteen-year-old Bianca Piper vanished while walking down a rural road in Foley, Missouri, one cold winter night in March 2005. Her case would baffle police in the decades that follow, and her family would continue to face intense public scrutiny because of several violent incidents against each other. This is Bianca's story. Nobody else can understand. Even your own family members um, can go through periods with them when they're not as understanding, but only someone who's missing or lost a child can understand. For 14 years now, Shannon Tanner has wondered what happened to her daughter. She says on March 10, 2005, 13-year-old Bianca Piper went for a walk. She was bipolar and started using that as a way to calm down. I dropped her off, told her I'd see her in a few minutes, went home and started cooking dinner, and in 10 or 15 minutes she hadn't returned yet, so we went looking for her and she was gone without a trace. Bianca Noel Piper was born December 26, 1991, to parents Shannon Tanner and David Piper. Bianca, or B as her family would lovingly nickname her, Bianca was the youngest of three girls with an older sister, four years her senior, whose name has never been released publicly, and another older sister, Tiffany, who was two years her senior. And Tiffany will be a key moving part to this story. Now, unfortunately, Bianca had her struggles. She suffered from quite a few behavioural issues. Bianca had Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, and she also had Severe Bipolar Disorder. This occasionally manifested in Bianca experiencing hallucinations, which she was taking medication for twice a day to manage. Bianca's older sister also suffered from bipolar disorder, as well as schizophrenia, so the family were under a lot of stress. This would become too much for the couple. Add on to that that David was a truck driver and he'd be gone for long periods of time. This left Shannon to manage the three girls on her own. So David and Shannon would divorce while the girls were still quite young. 2005. Shannon is living with her boyfriend Jim Pelt and her three daughters. The eldest, 17 years old, 15-year-old Tiffany and 13-year-old Bianca. The family lived in the 1000 block of McIntosh Hill Road in Foley, Missouri. The family had only lived there since October of 2004, so they were still getting their bearings and settling into the area, getting to know the people in the small rural town. Foley is 50 miles north of St. Louis, Missouri, and to say it's small, it's very small, with a population of only 170 residents. 
though it was perfect for Bianca, who loved outdoors and animals, especially horses. Bianca was in the 8th grade at Winford Middle School. She was in special education classes due to her short attention span and her mental capacity functioning at a second grade level. Now, unfortunately, due to several stints in hospital due to her psychiatric illnesses, she did miss a lot of school and this affected her grades and how the other kids saw her. So Bianca really didn't have any close friendships besides her older sisters. The teachers would later state that Bianca was very artistically talented and was the happiest whilst drawing and painting. And they really encouraged this side of her to help her control her emotions while at school. The night before Bianca's disappearance, March 9th, 2005, Shannon got home from work and was greeted by a distraught Bianca. She had packed her bags and wanted to go to the hospital because she felt like she was losing control. And this was something Bianca and Shannon had been through before. Bianca had several hospitalisations when doctors needed to adjust her medication. Bianca had been in counselling since she was four years old, and at the time of her disappearance, she was seeing a therapist who specialised in mental health. During a recent therapy session, Bianca's therapist did suggest to try exercise as a natural means to address emotional episodes in the moment, that possibly a walk around the block would give Bianca and Shannon the space they needed to calm down and then communicate more effectively. So on this night, Shannon thought it was the perfect night to try this new technique, and she encouraged Bianca to go for a walk around a half a mile. Quote, When she came back, she was happy. She felt better and she did her chores. We had a great evening together, and she didn't mention going to the hospital anymore. Unquote. March 10th, 2005. Bianca was asked to do her nightly chores. This included washing the dishes after dinner. And what started as a small argument escalated until Bianca had a complete meltdown. Because of this, it was Bianca's idea for her to take a walk like the therapist suggested. And since it worked so well the night before... This time, Bianca asked her mother to drop her off further from home than she did the last time. Bianca felt the walk the night before wasn't long enough. She got home too quickly, and she felt walking a longer distance would be more beneficial for her. Bianca's mother, Shannon, agreed, and she drove Bianca to the other end of McIntosh Hill Road, And this is a gravel country road that runs directly through town. It runs about a mile long. There's a little bridge that goes over a creek there. And this is where Bianca got out of the vehicle. It was around 6.15pm. And since it was March, the sun had already started to set. And it had started to snow. It would be getting dark soon, so Shannon gave Bianca a flashlight. Shannon turned the car around and watched as Bianca started to walk towards the direction of their home. Shannon did see another car drive down the road and call it mother's intuition or whatever, but Shannon drove back past her daughter. 
She reminded her not to get into a car with anyone and to come straight back home. This was something that did concern Shannon when Bianca would go for walks, because she was very naive, with a mental capacity of a six-year-old. Shannon was always worried about her youngest daughter being taken advantage of because of her disabilities. Now when Shannon left Bianca, Bianca was not angry. She did not say anything hateful towards her mother, and she did not mention anything about running away from home. Bianca did not have a history of running away from home, and Bianca said nothing that indicated that she would not come straight back home. The walk home should have taken her 15 minutes, half an hour at the most. But an hour passed and Bianca had not returned. Shannon started to get worried. She got back into her car and started driving back towards the spot she had left Bianca. She could not see her daughter anywhere. Panicking, both Shannon and her boyfriend Jim went door to door to all the neighbours, asking if anyone had seen Bianca, but no one had. The Lincoln County Sheriff's Office was contacted at around 7.30pm. Law enforcement immediately began searching. There was some urgency to find Bianca as temperatures dropped below freezing, as low as 20 degrees Fahrenheit, and Bianca was not dressed for the elements, wearing a lime green blouse, a grey Adidas hooded sweatshirt, blue jeans and white tennis shoes. The route Bianca would have taken home and surrounding area was also searched. The next day, more than 200 officers and volunteers, on foot, horseback and in helicopters, they took part in the search. A series of checkpoints were set up along the streets of Foley. All motorists who drove through the area were stopped and questioned. Volunteer firefighters went door to door, speaking to residents and getting permission to search their sheds and other structures on their property, just in case Bianca had sought shelter there from the cold. Police combed through the complex cave systems, they dredged through swamps, and struggled through the rugged terrain surrounding Bianca's neighbourhood. However, no evidence of Bianca's whereabouts could be found. Law enforcement would later state they believed this would be a recovery operation. There was no way that Bianca would have survived the night given the conditions. They believed, given the family was still relatively new to the area and there were no lights, Bianca could have easily gotten lost and froze to death. And they believed they would find her body close by and quickly, but there was literally nothing. What law enforcement did find in their searches... Police uncovered two meth labs, which was an unexpected find. But nothing was found here to suggest they were connected to Bianca's disappearance. So the search radius was expanded, as far as 95 miles out. But the official search would be called off after a week, on March 17, 2005. After ultimately covering 270 square miles, nearly half of Lincoln County. It would be at this point that some detectives believed nothing would be found because simply Bianca was not out there. 
that instead Bianca had met with foul play at the hands of a local. She was possibly held captive for a period of time, and this theory came from because the road was extremely isolated and rural, and rarely used by anyone from outside the town of Foley. The chance of a stranger passing by at the exact time Bianca was walking, it seemed exceedingly remote and unlikely. There was also no sign of a roadside struggle, no sign of a hit and run. Shannon said Bianca was naive, so it is possible she could have gotten into a car with someone that she saw and interacted with in the town previously. But what made this line of investigation all the more difficult was there was no sign of a kidnapping either, no evidence, no other cars and no witnesses who had seen the teenager walking that night or talking to someone else or even getting into a vehicle. And without anything to lead the investigation, this theory went cold. May 2005. Law enforcement were called to the Piper home because there was a domestic dispute between Shannon and her live-in boyfriend, Jim. It is not clear what happened in this case, but it did result in Shannon filing a complaint against Jim. But these charges would be quickly dropped after the two reconciled, and Shannon refused to testify against him. June 2005, three months after Bianca went missing. The family were back in the headlines again, but for all the wrong reasons. There wasn't a major breakthrough in Bianca's case, but instead her mother was arrested for assaulting her eldest daughter, aged 18 years old. She called police after Shannon allegedly hit her in the head with a curling iron, before repeatedly punching her in the face. When she initially tried to call the police, Shannon allegedly pulled the phone out from the wall, threatening to tie her up and lock her in the bathroom. When officers got to the house, Shannon was on top of her daughter and had to be physically removed. Her daughter was showing evidence of abuse with bruises and abrasions to her face, in particular a large lump to her forehead. When told she was under arrest, Shannon allegedly grabbed some broken glass and lunged at the deputy. She was then tasered to be subdued and arrested. Shannon's version of events would be taken at the police station and would differ from that of her daughter's. Shannon claimed her daughter refused to take her bipolar and schizophrenia medication and was trying to self-harm when Shannon physically tried to restrain her. Her daughter would throw a glass bowl at her mother, which shattered on the ground. Shannon claimed she was only trying to show the deputy this, when he mistaken this as Shannon making a physical threat towards him. For this alleged assault, Shannon would be found not guilty. But 15-year-old Tiffany would be removed from her care by the Department of Family Services, and placed into the custody of her maternal grandmother, Carol Young. Police released a statement saying that this incident was not related to Bianca's disappearance, and Shannon was not a suspect or person of interest in that case. But unfortunately, she was deemed guilty in the eyes of the public, 
and this may have affected future tips and leads coming through to the police. But we may never know if that was actually the case here or not. Shannon did not do herself any favours in the eyes of public opinion. September 2005, six months after Bianca was last seen. Bianca's story was featured on both Missing and America's Most Wanted TV programs. Authorities arranged for thousands of postcards printed with Bianca's picture and information to be mailed out right across the country. Unfortunately, these initiatives did not result in any leads or sightings. All registered sex offenders in Lincoln County were also questioned, and searches conducted of their homes. Flyers were passed out and posted all over, all the way up to Canada. For years after, family members would stand at stop signs, handing out flyers to passing motorists. Almost 250 leads were followed up, and despite a $5,000 reward, there were no confirmed sightings of Bianca and no trace of her whereabouts. Out of desperation, Shannon and her mother, Bianca's grandmother, Carol Young, even consulted psychics, but this is always problematic. One psychic told Shannon that Bianca had been picked up in a van by a sex offender. Another told her Bianca was no longer alive, but needed a large amount of money to give her more information. As we know from other cases, psychics really prey on families that are desperate for answers, and desperate to find their loved ones. Unfortunately, and probably predictably, no useful information could be gained from them. Two thousand and seven, two missing boys, fifteen year old Sean Hornbeck and thirteen year old Ben Owenby, were found alive in the apartment of their abductor, Michael Devlin and we covered Sean Hornbeck's disappearance way back in episode 26. So because of this, we won't go too much into this case today. It's Bianca's story today, so we will put links to that episode in the show notes. But be kind, because we were still finding our feet in that episode. But both boys, Sean and Ben, they were held against their will by Devlin. He would plead guilty to kidnapping and child molestation and sentenced to life in prison. But given the proximity to where Devlin was living at the time of Bianca's disappearance, investigators thought that possibly Devlin could have been involved, and not only in Bianca's case, but several other missing persons cases in the same area. June 8th, 1988. Nine-year-old Scott Kesslut left his St. Charles, Missouri home in stormy weather. He was last seen at 5pm, walking down the road near his home. And on July 25, 1991, 11-year-old Arlen Henderson was last seen at 5.30pm, riding his white and yellow bike near his Moscow Hills, Missouri home. Like Bianca, their disappearances remain a mystery to this day. The FBI's profile of Devlin suggested that Sean and Ben's abductions may not have been his first, so a multi-jurisdictional task force was formed to investigate the theory Devlin was responsible for other missing persons cases, including Bianca's, Arlen's and Scott's. 
Devlin would be questioned numerous times from his prison cell and showed pictures of the missing children. He denied his involvement, and because there was no evidence actually tying Devlin to the cases, by October 2017 the task force was dissolved and Devlin was no longer considered a suspect. For the record, Bianca's mother Shannon does not believe Devlin was involved either, and I would have to agree. Devlin seemed to prefer young boys. Not only was Bianca a teenage girl, she was five foot six and 180 pounds, the size and appearance of a grown woman. Investigators also looked into a man named Paul Smith and whether he had something to do with Bianca's disappearance. Smith was a 38-year-old convicted sex offender who shot himself in 2010 when he was approached by police after he abducted a four-year-old girl named Elisa from her front yard in Louisiana, Missouri. And this is only 25 miles from Foley, where Bianca went missing. Thankfully, Elisa was found and returned safely to her parents. But if Smith knew anything about what happened to Bianca, he took that knowledge with him to his grave. Two thousand and nine. Bianca's older sister Tiffany told a neighbour she knew what happened to her sister. Now this neighbour lived close to the Piper family and had a large and deep pond on their property. On the night Bianca went missing, a white truck pulled up to the lake for a moment before driving away. The neighbour did not think much of this at the time. The pond was at the end of a circular driveway and people often used it to do a U-turn. The family were used to seeing strange cars, and they really didn't give it any further thought until Tiffany came to them on this day in 2009. Tiffany told the neighbour, quote, My sister is in the pond, unquote. The neighbour went to the police with what Tiffany told them and what they remembered seeing at that time. The police did search the lake, but nothing was ever found. But this did bring up the theory that Shannon accidentally killed Bianca. That in a fight over the chores, Shannon accidentally killed her daughter in a fit of rage and dumped the body in the neighbour's lake, then fabricated the walking story as a cover. The public perception of her didn't help given the assault charge towards her eldest daughter. Tiffany would also tell police she was scared of her mother and that Shannon would beat on her. Although other family members and friends would say this is not the case, that Shannon was a loving and caring mother and would never deliberately harm her children, that Tiffany was a compulsive liar, that Tiffany was acting out because of her inability to cope with her younger sister going missing. But on the other side of this, were Tiffany's actions a result of knowing what happened and having to live with her secret? Bianca's mother, Shannon, and her boyfriend, Jim Pelt, were extensively questioned. Bianca's father, David, was also brought in for questioning, despite being at work at the time and not even living in the area. All three adults agreed to sit polygraphs and all passed. They were cleared of all suspicion and were never considered persons of interest in Bianca's disappearance. From all reports, Shannon was inconsolable after her daughter went missing and never stopped believing Bianca was still alive out there somewhere.
since no trace of Bianca has ever been found. Law enforcement believe Bianca may have been victim of foul play or abduction. As I already mentioned, Bianca had no history of running away, so it isn't believed she left on her own accord. And since she was out in the middle of nowhere, in an extremely rural area, if she was planning on running away, there wasn't really anywhere for her to go on foot, and she did not have any belongings with her, just that flashlight. Although I am a fan of the most likely theory being the most likely outcome, the family did not live in the area very long. Did she become confused walking home and gotten lost, and with the quickly deteriorating weather, hypothermia would not have taken long to set in? Or did she purposely, out of spite, head into the woods to give her mother a fright, but then got lost? However, if she had gotten lost or confused in the woods and succumbed to the elements, you would think in the years that have since passed, they would have found something even just a scrap of clothing, but they haven't. And I know there are other cases where evidence is hiding in plain sight, but then again, the wooded area is so very large, maybe they did just miss her out there. Sadly for the Piper family, they would continue to experience tragedies in the decades that follow. Bianca's father, David Piper, died of a heart attack in 2009, although family would say it was a broken heart from never discovering what happened to his beloved youngest daughter. And in 2012, 22-year-old Tiffany Piper would be arrested for sex trafficking when she sold two high school girls for sex. Tiffany was also working as a sex worker during this time, after being sold to sex trafficking herself in her late teens. During her trial, Tiffany refused to say who was responsible for her being trafficked. After she received her sentence, Tiffany reportedly turned around and mouthed I love you to her mother and grandmother. As of right now, the sex trafficking of Tiffany and the charges she faced is not considered related to Bianca's disappearance. Bianca's grandmother, Carol Young, has also since passed away. Bianca's mother, Shannon, stayed in the same house in Foley for many years after Bianca went missing, in the hopes her daughter would walk through the door. But she now lives in St. Charles, Missouri. She's accepted that Bianca is no longer alive, but lives in hope that someday her remains would be found and she'll be able to give her daughter the proper goodbye she deserves. That he- she encourages everyone to be on the lookout. If you see someone that looks like a person you've seen in a missing persons photo, or if they appear to be in a situation where they may need help, don't hesitate to call police. So what if you're wrong if you end up being wrong? Uh, but what if you're right? You know, take that chance because all the, all the children out there that are missing deserve to be found. And I go back to Sean Hornbeck when he was missing. There were people that thought he looked like the pictures they'd seen, but they were afraid to get involved. And look, it was him, and he could have been home a lot sooner with his family if somebody had said something a little sooner. Tanner says she still hears from people that have seen Bianca's photo posted around town, and that makes her feel hopeful, because that means they're looking. If you think you've seen Bianca, contact the police. Live in the studio, Michelle Maduris, Fox 2 News. Bianca Piper was 13 years old at the time of her disappearance. 
She was five foot six and 180 pounds, with long curly brown hair and brown eyes. Bianca was last seen wearing a lime green blouse, a grey Adidas hooded sweatshirt, blue jeans and white sneakers. Bianca requires antipsychotic medication twice a day. Without it, she becomes confused and may hallucinate. At the time of her disappearance, she had the mental capacity of a six-year-old. If Bianca is still alive today, she would be about to celebrate her 30th birthday. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Bianca Piper, please contact the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office on 636 528 8546. If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss any episode, and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, Please share on your social media of choice and rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. We are now on Patreon, so if you are able, please become a patron for as little as $2 a month for early release, ad-free episodes, and starting this month, exclusive Patreon episodes. This week's episode was researched, written, hosted and producted by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music